Hi, this is Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and this is another episode of The Tingle Zone. In this episode, I'm talking with Holly Woods, PhD, founder of the Emergence Institute and author of The Golden Thread, Where to Find Purpose in the Stages of Your Life. From a traumatic childhood through to academic excellence, Holly has spent most of her life digging deep to understand why she's here on this planet and helping others to understand what their precise purpose is. In a nutshell, it's how to be more of who you are and less of who you are not. This is a great and insightful conversation about the deeper concepts of purpose, and it was wonderful to have on a guest that is so similar to me in terms of viewpoint, but coming at it from her own direction and with a different set of skills and experiences. In our conversation, we cover such subjects as how your values integrate with the laws of society, why the definition and current attitudes towards purpose are unclear and continue to shift, and how humanity is in the process of moving through to the next level of evolutionary change. This interview is what the Tingle Zone is all about and gets down to what is at the heart of business enjoyment, so make sure you tune in. Before we jump into the interview, if you're listening to this podcast around the time of launch, there is still time to register for the Stress-Free for 2023 Challenge. It's for small business owners and I will be giving you the key mindsets and tools necessary so that you can cope with pretty much whatever life throws at you. We started on the 17th of January and if you go to stressfreechallenge.com you'll get all the information you need there about the challenge along with the ability to register. It's all been recorded and not too late to catch up. If you're not sure, just reach out and we can talk. So do check that out but for now sit back, relax. Take some time to think about who you really are, and most of all, enjoy. Thanks, Andrew. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I am—I call myself a number of things, but probably the most relevant here is a purpose activator. Um, I primarily work with entrepreneurs, innovators, visionaries who see that or experience that there's something that they want to bring in the world it's alive in them and they can't figure out what it is like what is this thing that just wants to come out they may have some inklings or some clues but need a deeper clarity and so i help them find their deep purpose what i call a precise purpose um, that is more than just a job or a project or an initiative or a career it's what lives inside of them and it has been nudging them along their whole lives pretty much. And so I help them get clarity about that. I help them refine their understanding of it, move past all the things that keep them from, you know, living fully into that, all, all the stuff, the shadow and the doubts and the beliefs, et cetera. And then, and karma, we work through karma. And then I um, help them build that thing, whether it's a new product or a new business or a new direction in their career and help them launch. Um, so it's, it's, you know, my work is kind of like a mini incubator. I help people incubate the version of them that wants to be birthed into the world and bring it into the world. Beautiful. And, um, and, and those people that know me well know, will, will know exactly why I've got you on because this is <laughs> absolutely the message I say, which is fantastic. And, and let's just spend a little time. I'm intrigued about the, the point you said um where they are when they come to you because there's obviously there's a range of 
situations where that can be so what what most what is going on in their head most typically when they land on your doorstep or whatever that looks like yeah that's a great question um for most of my clients um you know they've had success in some form um they've they've done things that you know produced great uh financial gains or you know had an impact or um they really loved their job or you know some most i'd say not everybody but most have had you know a reasonable life career and i and i work with a range of ages literally from 22 to 81 like i i was telling somebody yesterday it's like no i don't work with but most of my people you know late 30s to 50s and they've so they've already had life experience they've done things generally and and then at some point they're like, but that's not enough. There's something more. And especially now, given the world as it is, many of us are saying, I wanna do something that can make a difference, that um, will contribute, that will cause some shift for us all to be, uh, you know, potentially save us on this planet. <laughs> um, and so they, they have a longing, literally. I, or a burning desire or an awareness that they just can't figure out. Um, and sometimes it looks like, you know, sometimes it looks like pain and suffering. <laughs> like it just hurts. It's so deep inside of them that they can't figure out what is next. And I, I usually see that as their soul calling them to do something that's more, um, more aligned with who they really are and will make a difference and be a more potent expression of them so to amplify their soul's expression in the world um so that's usually where people are when they when do they you find me. some of them are coming to you with an element of guilt that they feel bad you know they've got all the success and everything and then I, I don't deserve to feel bad I should feel happy but I don't does that come um yes sometimes not not a lot most of the people I work with have have done already done a fair amount of personal and spiritual development work. Um, and so they have an awareness that, you know, guilt isn't necessarily useful and that's not serving me in any way. I just want to figure it out. Like I just got to figure it out and I can't figure it out. And, um, you know, many people who come to me say, but I've already done so much work, you know, I figured this out and I let this go and I released that and I cleared that and I took, you know, 42 courses and, uh, you know, my guru and <laughs> la la la, <laughs> you know, they are graduate level students of life. Um, and, you know, the missing piece for most of us really is that we can't see what we can't see and the deepest part of us inside living you know deep within hidden and protected really by the cultural constraints of our lives that didn't want us to be our most potent amplified expression uh, because of the, you know that's a whole nother conversation but um, that is what needs to be unearthed rediscovered you know articulated experienced felt so that we can go living in the world as ourselves mm. and and that is like you know it's like fireworks once you figure that out and, and people often call it coming home they feel like they're coming home to themselves yeah exactly um <laughs> my friend you're laughing i can tell this well, is, this it, is it, right it, up your alley <laughs> well, that's what it means for your bits of tingle that's the phrase you see so that's the yeah. <laughs> we're in the tingle zone that's the whole point yeah. um so 
let's find out more about you in terms of how you you discovered what your patterns and in, in that you're talking about and then how you transform yeah. that to helping other people so where, how you, did you get to this point you know and and mine was a long journey um because i didn't have guides to help me figure out what was going on and um so i'm not i'm, I'm going to try to give you the swift nutshell version um because it literally took decades um i was born as you know um <laughs> i i actually always had voices so as a child i had these voices um i don't know if that means i was awake and it was repressed or i just had psychic capacity I, you know who knows what the story is but i had these voices that said i was here to do something important and as a child you know four or five years old like what <laughs> like who's talking to me and with with, with and different, different characters and different tones and different genders or just stuff that's no just voices true. you know voices from on high <laughs> and you know i still have these voices and i don't know where they come from i have you know some beliefs that i don't need to go into here but um so life was really hard for me as a kid i grew up in a family with um, a mother who was undiagnosed mental health disorder and it was pretty crazy and abusive neglectful la la you know all the stuff um and i it was tough enough that at some point in late childhood early adolescence middle adolescence i didn't want to be here anymore it, i just i wanted to go and um get off the planet this is not this lifetime's not working for me and so i started having suicidal ideation at a pretty early age and um, these voices like can't go. You got stuff to do, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so there was always this driving um, impulse, like, well, what is it? If it's so important, why don't you tell me? And <laughs> like, no, no, gotta figure it out. <laughs> oh, <bad. laughs> My life was this big puzzle, <laughs> and I didn't know what the pieces were, and I didn't have the top cover of the box that gives you the picture what it's supposed to look like, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I talk about puzzle pieces a lot. So I literally had to be on this journey to figure out, well, why am I here? Like, what is it I'm supposed to be doing that's going to keep me here? Because otherwise I'm, I'm going. And I was depressed, suicidal for several decades. Um, but these voices just were relentless. And so I kept searching and searching and doing the work. I started spiritual, you know, spiritual and personal development work pretty early, both to recover from the trauma of my childhood and also like, where are the answers to this question, this existential question? And um, so- Where did you go looking for that? Because now it seems to be an obvious thing. Oh, I've got these voices. I don't know. I'm going to go looking in the spiritual space and it's, it all makes sense. But it's, I'm assuming you're still quite young. Where where did you go looking? What did you go looking for? In... Um, you know, I grew up Christian. Um, in my mid twenties, I kind of rejected religion writ large and went looking. I, I studied world religions because, like, surely, surely, somewhere in all these world religions, I could find some answers, um, which I didn't. But I found, you know, like, I had a greater sense about religion which helped me to form my own sort of personal cosmology, which was fascinating. Um, I dove deep into personal development work. You know, it's called self-help back then. Like every place I could find it. I mean, I tried everything, books and courses. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm not gonna go deep into the kinds of things I tried because it was like lots of things. 
And then even in my 30s, I started, you know, doing alternative health. I had health issues when I was pregnant, um, dove into alternative health stuff, which got me into energy work and all kinds of other stuff. So I just, I was this huge open explore, you know, I was an explorer, literally just like wherever, whatever rabbit hole I could fall into, I fell into and just got really deep. And did, and did, and, it, did it feel a sort of um, uh, a, a, a progression? It's like, ah, now the next thing, the next thing, or was it a case of this isn't working, put it down, what's next, but it, oh, this it isn't was working. Both. It was both. Some, some avenues led me to the next thing. Um, some avenues were blind and ended. Now in this time also, um, I, I would, I've had 30 something careers. Um, so truly, I, you know, I, this is not something I would encourage anybody else to do, but this was the life I chose. I, I was just on this quest to learn as much as I could about many different things, which I now see as part of why I do what I do. Um, so I was, also experimenting with work and career and professions and fields even. So, you know, the, the work I've done in the world spans many different industries and fields. And, um, you know, I, I earned my doctorate in human, human organizational development um, as a means of better understanding how we as humans grow and what causes us to evolve and develop so that we can become more complete, more whole um, humans. And so all of that, you know, like put it in a Pandora's box and don't open it, but like all of that was essential for me to begin to understand how we as humans are required to grow and develop. And I, you know, I've come up with my own theories and models about human evolution and, becoming our, you know, most potent selves. And that's the work I do in the world. Um, again, this was a long journey, obviously. I've been talking way too long here. And all of that was essential for me to do my work in the world, which is to speak powerful truths, to shine love onto shadow, to liberate soul's potential and reunite love and power. That's my purpose. And right now I do it primarily through coaching and some group work and training and writing books and doing, you know, speaking engagements, that kind of thing. So my, you know, my message really is about each of us has a very nuanced, unique, one of a kind, it's actually one in 400 quadrillion unique version of us that is a puzzle piece for us here on the planet at this time in this very troubling time we're living in and that we can each uncover that version of us and make that contribution and the world would change, the world would shift, we would become who we need to be to move us to the next stage. But most of us have fear about being that version of ourselves because it's been so repressed most of our life and we don't have a clue what it is. It's so hidden in the context of our lives in the repression in the you know, shifting of expression over time through our own development. Um, that was a very long no, answer. No, no, Thank you for tolerating. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's, the way, that's where we want to play. Uh, it's fine. And, and was there a moment when things opened up for you? You went, ah, I got it. Because obviously you can see all the research you're doing. You say it's going to that box. It's all fermenting and whirring away. It was a one point where it sort of went, 
Um, there were a lot, there are a lot of those moments. I've had a, I've had a, you know, two dozen grand epiphanies and I've had probably the same number of dark nights. Um, I, I came in this lifetime to do a lot of lifetimes work. You know, it's like, this is the life. And um, there were a couple of times, one was, um, I had at one point I was very ill and was exploring all kinds of things, trying to, trying to stay on the planet. I, I tried, I worked really hard to stay. <laughs> and so one time I was very ill. I had 12 disorders, a lot of them related to an immune, uh, immune, immunodepressive syndrome. And I <clears throat> went to the internist with my handwritten list of like, these are the things, can you do anything about them? I mean, he knew I had them and he looked at me, so Holly, I can't, I, there's nothing I can do. We, we don't have anything to treat all that, but I can send you to a pain clinic and, um, you know, and make your life more palatable. <laughs> you know, I'm like, F that, I, that's not the life I'm going to live. And so it amplified my commitment to figuring out why was I having this life? What, what is it about this that is making it so hard? And, and a lot of my healing journey, like deep, deep healing journey started at that point. Like I dove in, like there is nothing that's going to keep me from figuring this out. And sure enough, all 12 of those disorders, you know, eventually resolved um, through non-allopathic medicine means. Um, an, another event, I, I had pulled together a lot of the pieces of my purpose and was beginning to truly figure things out and had, had been doing, you know, important work in the world, but I, um, a vision quest enabled me to have a, just this really precise clarity about exactly what it was and how it was to be delivered. And, you know, that's after doing a lot, a lot, a lot of things. But anyway, that the, these experiences for me catalyzed, you know, um, that's not the word, really uh, crystallized the things that I needed, like, oh, these are the things I did that were most effective. And so that's what I've been experimenting with, um, you know, as a scientist and practitioner for a couple decades, that really does make a difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And, and just having when you say experiment on yourself and with other people as well at the same time that's yeah. what, what it works yeah and i'm i'm constantly experiment you know i'm constantly i'm a scientist and i mostly because i'm just so curious so darn curious like i just couldn't stop asking questions and finding answers um so you know everything i do with my clients i've tried i tried on myself first yeah um and it had to, you know it had to really produce huge impact or it wasn't it didn't go in my toolkit um so i you know it was it's i was the perfect case study um i also raised four kids and i got to watch them and the things i would i would experiment with them <laughs> <laughs> that's a sound voice i'm taking <laughs> oh no, they were all good stuff remember i had a doctorate in human development so i was doing ethical moral things but um, you know, I watched how things would work with them and the effect they would have. So that was a part of my grand experiment as I got to raise kids. I called it my little clinical trial because two were mine and two were stepkids and they'd had different backgrounds and contexts and how that all worked out, depending on what they got at different ages. Well, um, and what do you, what do you see in terms of how age 
impacts on the oh, ability is not the right word, but to connect with purpose, find purpose? Yeah, it's, it is a great question. And, and all I can say is as a parent, um, the moment that kid comes out of the uterus, you need to be looking for what, what it is attracted to, what enlivens it. What is the child curious about? Um, what does it want to hold and touch and taste? And, you know, and then later, what does it ask questions about? And what are its um, inklings of, you know, things that light it up? The, the tingle factor starts so early, you know that. And so paying attention, you know, lose the personal parental aspiration for your child, lose it put it in the garbage. This is that kid's life. It's not yours. I'm sorry. I'm really adamant about this no, stuff. <laughs> you know, so many people have aspirations for children, like lose it, be gone and um, let that child direct its own life because it will take its, you know, if given, given the nurturing and the care and the attention and the observation, it doesn't require money. This is like personal observation and witness of your child growing up to be itself mm. and it will guide it that child will guide itself him or herself into the right direction if they are allowed to do so i was just having this conversation with my youngest daughter this weekend um you know at 24 she's like mom i just i don't even know how i ended up here she's um, you know both my daughters are pretty amazingly ensconced in their personal desires they love their work and um it's like i don't know how i ended up here at this age because she's working with a bunch of 30 somethings and it's like because you were you did what you wanted you you followed the breadcrumbs you know your soul called out you followed and i didn't get in you know i tried not to get in the way i'm sure i did but um stay out of their way <laughs> Speaking as a non-parent, so I can ask really stupid questions. I have permission on that one. <laughs> no, they're, they're great questions. I I'm know, so glad you're this. asking this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but listening to other parents, so the, the natural response I expect other people would say. Um, so how, how do you balance the do what you want with maintaining some sense of boundaries so that they know what's right or wrong? And Oh, well, of course. I mean, um, you know, and so this actually is another tricky area of values, you know, prescribed by the family and the community, the tribe, et cetera, and, you know, nation state. <laughs> um, rules are just values. Laws are just values expressed. So, of course, as humans, we have to live within those bounds. Um, and it's the insidious values that we impose on our children that are the harshest, you know, um, I remember as a young female child, this was, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, we, we couldn't wear pants, you know, I couldn't do boy things. Um, first time I got a pair of pants and had pockets, like, I'm so excited to have pockets. Now, this may be like, people aren't believing like, what, you didn't have pants with pockets, but like, literally, and my mother's like, oh, girls don't put their hands in pockets. <laughs> like, what the? what the heck? Like, what are you talking about? It's the stuff that we as adults, believing we know how we are supposed to be and act and behave and show up in the world, those kinds of values, the perceptions of who we're to be are often the most damaging and destructive to a child becoming itself. 
So, you know, if you are pushing a child to participate in sports when they really want to do art, they just want to draw all day, or if they want to do sports and you're wanting them to learn theater or, um, you know, or, you know, pay attention to pay attention to the adults because they always know the answers. <laughs> like just there's all kinds of things we tell children that are fundamentally repressing their individuality there and prevents them from individuating, which is a psychological term, but it's we have we have many uh, places in our life phases in which we individuate from both our caregivers and our peers, but also from the former version of ourselves. So in human development, we individuate regularly. And if the, at any point in the, along our trajectory, we are told, oh no, you can't be, then we don't individuate. We lose a little bit of our soul. Our souls are like, oh, I was shut down. Okay, I'm gonna stay hidden. And you know, we recreate a, we create a, re a fractured part. That's why we do all the parts work that we do now. <sighs> <laughs> and and is, there, is there, without any sort of that kind of support and that kind of approach, if you just take the average, what is average anyway, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But Nobody's average. We're all special yeah, exactly. in our unique way. <laughs> um, still an average. Um, somebody must be average. I don't know. It's a law. Statistics. Maths. <laughs> But um, do you see a tendency as to when people start realizing that there's something more? Yes. Um, and it, it's not age related either. It's, it's actually more developmental stage related. Um, and so I'm gonna get a little bit technical here um, in the work I do studying stages of consciousness, which is work um, purported, it's a, Frame, scientific and practical framework by Terry O'Fallon. Um, and my book uses this framework to look at purpose across stages of your life. And so there's a, there's a place in this middle tier called the subtle tier where we begin to have an awareness of our internal milieu, our thoughts and our feelings, and you'd call that metacognition. And we begin to hear ourselves think, and we begin to experience our feelings, and we think about our feelings, and we feel about our thoughts, and like, whoa, it's a lot of stuff in there. And we become aware of the many voices inside. And then, then you know, a couple stages later, we actually begin to experience other people's internal milieu. So we can think and feel about their thoughts and feelings and vice versa. We begin at, at that point. So in the early, I'm like, wow, what's going on inside of me? I'm, I'm must be unique. There must be something here that I don't know about myself. And so the thought of, huh, you know, I must, I might be different, but it really shows up in that late subtle tier where we experience others in a much deeper way. And we begin to see the context of their life and our life and how we are different and unique. And, you know, there's some relative understanding about the complexity of the world. And we gain a perspective that not everybody's the same. People grow up in different circumstances. Oh, you like this. I like that. And, and we begin to see there is an extreme level of uniqueness for each of us if we've done our individuating well. And we begin to imagine that late subtle tier 
wow, I wonder what it is I'm supposed to do with all this uniqueness. And, and truly a sense of true self emerges in that late subtle stage that I begin to see there is a version of me that nobody else has. And what do I do with this? And what, what is it that, that is mine? And how do I want to express myself? So unique expression and you know, a, a true awareness that I have facets of me that are different and unique than anybody else shows up then it can that can happen as early as teenage years and then some people it never happens some people never get to that stage but because of the pandemic you hadn't asked this question but i was so it's so important for the moment our moment in time right now because of the pandemic and everybody was in total lockdown we're inside our houses we're navel gazing like you know self-awareness 101 for most people who would never have picked up a self-help book right like because we're all suffering inside like you're making me look out of the world and i'm here in me with me and i hate it and like what is this about why am i so uncomfortable and so everybody took the 101 self-awareness class during the pandemic forced to like had to it's curriculum now and <laughs> we began to see ourselves more clearly than ever as a species and notice because we looked, you know, our fishbowl was the world. We got to see the whole world and everybody's doing this. And oh my God, I did not know this about humanity before. We evolved as a species in the pandemic, like silver lining, how, you know, like <laughs> who would have thought but because of that more humans are now in this subtle tier than ever mm. and so all of a sudden five years ago when I'm talking about purpose and people are like what are you talking about Holly <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense and now everybody's like purpose 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 but many people don't get that it's a unique expression of your soul that it's you know it's they're more in the early subtle and oh I'm just going to go do something meaningful and I'm going to you know help achieve the UN sustainability goals and I'm going to go find a job that you know serves some underserved population that's a typical definition of purpose as opposed to what am I with all my unique facets and this unbelievably nuanced version of me supposed to be doing my, my my language on that would be purpose with the small p and purpose with the capital p because you yeah. can purpose with the small p in anything meaning right and yes I, I will i will write this this i will i will paint this picture with purpose you know <laughs> whatever right. you can think. but big p purpose capital p purpose that's different that's something deep rooted yeah. and you get that and i'm grateful yeah mm. and the I'm just thinking on on that that bit that you were talking. Is there a danger that? I mean, I suppose it's just a process. It's part of the evolution, isn't it? But is there a danger that then then purpose becomes a noise, that then because everyone's like you say people are talking purpose, 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 that then there's almost like a backlash or a or a, a nullification of the value yeah. of it because there's too much people talking about yes. it. Yes, yes, absolutely, and it's happening. Um, Though there's a backlash against that, the field has been evolving. You may notice, because I, 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 you know, I have the Google search for anything that has purpose in it, and so I read lots and lots of stuff about what's being said about purpose. But because so many companies, you know, the Harvard Business Review Journal is now every issue is half of it's about purpose and substantiating, yeah, businesses that function, you know, 
committed to a purpose, function better, they financially more successful, et cetera. Um, and then there was this backlash. Well, yeah, but it's not. And um, tried to diminish it. And then there's been a backlash against that. Well, you know, so there is this argument going on collectively about purpose writ large in the, the business world. Um, none of that conversation is really addressing the intrinsic purpose that lives in our soul that guides us forward throughout our lives, helping us make decisions to create meaning and contribution and service within and making that contribution to the world. None of that conversation is really living at that level. Um, and it's unfortunate um, that most of the noise isn't really about that, though it's starting to, it's starting inkling to. And so I've just been watching this and like, where is it? Do I, where do I, where do we insert ourselves in this conversation? I mean, I'm so grateful for you and your podcast. Um, I, I think it's, it's just critical that we continue this message that there is an innate version of, you know, an organic unfoldment of you, a, um, innate expression of you that is the greatest contribution you could possibly make that is also will provide you the most meaning and enjoyment and will also create the most success you know financially and otherwise it's a win 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 scenario you know if you can find that version of you and let it live in the world you'll be enlivened and never have a bad day again you know, not that there won't be challenges, but literally it changes life. Yeah. And as you say, challenges are there, but they challenges are just those opportunities that you find your way around. And it's, right. it, it makes it fun. Right. <laughs> okay, we've got to get around this now, but I'm still going to get even better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I did have a question that le leapt in my head there and then I spoke and it threw out again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Have you, no, no, that's, 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 it was me going in a different direction with people that you've worked with. Um, have you, have you, okay. There'll be some, I, I'm, I'm assuming that there are some people, this is my experience that are, are, they're not in the right space. They, they've got a closed mind. So they're just not going to be looking and open and be able to, spot the patterns no matter how much you point it out to them but then they probably won't work with you any length of time anyway so for those people that are open and are looking have you ever worked with anybody that hasn't been able to uncover and detect and spot their true purpose um there have been a few people who um for one reason or another you know personal reasons didn't commit fully to the process um and didn't do the work you know that was required and and so when i work with people it's it's a pretty um significant and profound and intense process um to uncover you know that which lives inside of you and it does require some deep digging and um exploration which can be quite uncomfortable at times and cause you know it causes things to emerge and show up that you had repressed but we're letting them out like we got to get that out of there right <laughs> in order to figure out who you are um i often say that you know purpose is becoming more of who you are and less of who you are not 
So we have to do both of those things simultaneously. And so some people, the discomfort of loosening repressed versions of themselves is just too much and they kind of bail. And um, those people at least didn't make progress while I was working on them. I usually like go, you know, go get some therapy. I do a lot of psychotherapeutic stuff along with other forms of shadow release and energy work and parts work, et cetera. But sometimes people just, you know, you need to go do that decade um, <laughs> trauma recovery and come back. Um, those are the only people that I've and, and literally it's not even a handful um, because really what most people find is that once you start doing the digging and unleashing this stuff, poof, it's gone. It's like, oh, I don't have to carry that around the rest of my life. Wow. You know, it's like you become a kite and more free and lighter and life becomes easier. Most people think of, you know, of shadow work or limiting beliefs, et cetera, that kind of work is so hard and painful. I got to drudge through it and carry it around and la la la. And um, it's like, literally it doesn't take that much. We just have to get, you know, down and dirty and do it and boom, then it's gone. And, and it is a mindset, I think. And for me, that, 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 I'm guessing if it's similar to my experiences, maybe that situation where, Oh, excellent. I found another shadow. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're my kind of person, Andrew. That's exactly like, you know, I'll be in something and oh, it's good. You know, the, the, the heaviness of the moment when like, oh, it's here. And then my light bulb goes on. It's like, okay, look deep here. There's something and boom, I find it and I pull it out like, okay, now I'm good again. <laughs> There's always such yeah. opportunity in, you know, in the dark where the, the crack is and the light shines in, you know, just, it's, it's amazing. I, uh, I use it on a, a, a lighter level, but when people talk about perfectionism and that sort of stuff, and it, we always talk about celebrate your successes. That's the standard thing in self-help world, isn't it? You must celebrate your successes and nothing wrong with that. I'm all in favor of that, but celebrating your failures as well is right. important. Um, right it's an opportunity it's an opportunity to get better to be better and if you are a perfectionist then you should absolutely be looking great i've got something wrong because now i can be better next time fantastic <laughs> yeah yes i i had um and still have i have had more flaws <laughs> <laughs> you know 100 people combined yeah. That's why I had so much work to do. Like I had so much shadow and so much stuff, you know, multiple lifetimes all piled into one. <laughs> like it's one of my friends used to said, Holly, yours is the, you know, the, the yard sale life. Everything goes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what was required for me. Not that everybody needs to do that. You, you, you've, you've worked, worked really hard yard so that you can make it easier for the others. I, I did, you know, I, I often say I did, I did the hard work. You don't have to, do, <laughs> you don't have to have the life I've had. And I persevered on purpose so that I could be here mm. um, to help us move to the next place. You know, I, I really, truly, um, I'm so honored to have made it to this place in life. Um, you know, I, I really, at this point, just feel like a portal for what's come through in my lifetime. And I am honored to be here to be able to share that mm. with the world.
I mean, I, I can joke, you know, with the best of them. It's it's been a really hard life, and I'm glad I made it. Mm. And uh, and now let's do this, people. <laughs> <laughs> and what do uh, what do the voices say now? <laughs> They're just sing. You know, I have a lot of angels, and they just they sing all day. Um, they they actually laugh and joke with me, and um, yeah, they mostly just grateful that I get up every day ready to ready to help take us to the next place mm, beautiful and again that you know there is that thing in meaning coming from suffering and and it, we don't we can get through anything if we know why and there's a justification behind it so it, it does come often go hand in hand but um there's it, different degrees <laughs> yeah um, but uh, noble that uh, yeah to, to hear, hear what you go through in order to be able to get the benefit to others is fantastic um, moving forward do you historically and going forward do you kind of just hey let's see where it goes do you have a do you have a, obviously there's a purpose but in terms of those steps you have a kind of a very clear vision or is it let's just see what's going on let's yeah. just be here and we'll take it where it goes you know, and that's, that's such a great question. Um, so a year ago, I had a, you know, a very clear vision for where my work and the world was going based on my purpose. Um, and I don't, I don't, I can't explain really what happened. I'm still in the, ha, huh, curious, <laughs> that vision disappeared, like poof, it disappeared. Um, I ended up moving during the pandemic because I was in the lockdown in California and had, you know, it was just really tough mentally, like, no, I can't live by myself, not seeing anybody for another year. So I moved back to Texas where I'm near fam nearer family um, and could get, you know, I got hugs every day for a couple months and then I moved into Austin and um in this process, I, I'm, I'm it just like the sky opened up like, okay, I'm, I'm waiting for my next instructions. And what has become clear to me now, just really in the last month or so, is that I'm, I'm putting to even better use my skills as a coach and mentor. Um, the work that I now, that comes through me is even more effective, more propelling, you know, more catalytic than ever and i i don't even understand exactly why or how it just i think i am more available because i like moved all the stuff out of the way and said this for now um i did get covid in january and this is relevant but i i got covid in january and had a you know what felt like a near-death experience got really really sick very cute for a few days and then came out of it. And as I'm coming out of it, the voices led me to read a book, go get that book. And like, why? And so I went and got the book, you know, I don't really question, but I went and got the book opened and I had an immediate awakening, opening experience um, that lasted several hours. And it was truly the first time I've ever let go of oh, all that work, all that stuff, all the everything I did is in the past. And I am now focused on being my, what the words that come to me, I like, I don't, my, my ego has trouble with this, but it, the words that came to me would be my God self. 
and living, it's like a reorientation to living the most pure version of me that can be here now. And everything's gotten really quiet and still. And this is when I realized, oh, I'm supposed to be just paying really close attention to what is emerging right now. And I do know that something is emerging and I am allowing it to emerge. Um, a more recent version of my purpose really is about helping us move to the next phase of humanity. So we are, we are taking in, we are creating, let me use the right words. We are opening to capacities that most of us don't know we have, and we're going to need those mm. in the next version of us here on the planet. You know, if we, if we're allowed to stay, um, as the world evolves, devolves, we're going to need some new capacities and we're, we're building those. And some of us are actually uncovering what those are. And so that's currently what I'm doing. Um, I now know that's like, oh, this is what I'm doing now. And I'm going to be doing some group programs around that, but I can't actually tell you what it is yet. Cause I don't know. Jim <laughs> <laughs> Snook. <laughs> it's the coolest thing about being connected to souls it's like my brain doesn't have to figure anything out like you know when you're connected in this way it all just shows up it emerges that's why i'm the emergence institute like i like this is the natural order of things we you know things exist they in order to get to the higher order they deconstruct they come apart they unravel they um devolve and then in the reformation of those things, it, it emerges then as a higher order. So we have to deconstruct. We have to come apart at the seams in order to become the next version of ourselves. Mm. And most people just don't get that inertia is the enemy of a good life. Um, because if you are inertia, you're actually resisting the natural order of, of things to evolve. And so, you know, staying in this current life that you have and holding on to, you know, your material items and your way of life and your beliefs and your opinions and, you know, the structures, it's like marching backward, you know, because the world is happening, natural order is going forward and like, nope, gonna stay here. <laughs> yeah, it's the... Um... That balance between chaos and order, isn't it? We we yes. we crave order because it gives a certainty, and lack of order creates anxiety and this sort of stuff. But we need chaos to in order to change, and yes. change can only come out of chaos. And you know, there's when you look at the world, as you say, I, I love that bit earlier in your talk as moving to another evolutionary level. Um, there's going to be chaos as a consequence of it. So a lot of the 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 constant backlash or whatever it might be, we have a lot of anger. We have a lot of wars and things and and all the the movements that are kicking off right now and 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 people go oh the world's a horrible place sort of thing well they always do don't they but <laughs> um but this is just this is just the chaos that will take us through to another make us through to another level we need to have this sort we of have to have it we have to have it with in your business now and where you well where you have been where you're going that sort of thing when you talk about you know, I'm, I'm, I, I get still and I, I'm here and then it just comes in and I'm connected and all that sort of stuff. 
there'll be business people sort of think, well, I've got my marketing skills, I've got my outreach program, I've got my emails, I've got my webinars and that kind of stuff. Does that stuff just sit there and happen naturally? Do you, does it roll into a strategy? Does, does, does it just, you just sit there and stuff come? I mean, how do you integrate the business side of it and the marketing side of it with being? Yeah, that's a great question. I've certainly had to experiment with that. Um, there's, you know, there has been for me a lot of effort in creating all that marketing, you know, bullshit. Um, we're not recording, I'm guessing. But anyway, um, so much of that is now deemed to be less useful. I think we've reached a place in our, you know, human development where most people are seeing through a lot of that. Um, not that all of it is wasted or useless or not needed. There is some level of um, promotion and or exposure of our work in the world for people to find us. You know, you can be doing the greatest work in the world, but if you're hidden in a cave, nobody's going to find you. So whatever your means of bringing your work to the light for others to see it and resonate with it and partake of your gifts you know, please use them. Um, I've found that I both have to get really clear internally about what's emerging from me. But I mean, I've done, you know, I have also studied all the agile, um, um, you know, I've studied everything. So I also know how to do market research and access my potential audience and find out what are, you know, how are they talking about it? How are they experiencing it? And, and that wasn't a, oh, I'm veering from my purpose or not being, you know, who I really am. It's like, I have a gift and I want to find the right people and know how to present it to them. So, so it does require work, you know, real work. I, I work hard. I work, I work a lot, um, but it's coming from a place that feels very grounded in who I am. And so I'm not out there doing marketing in, in the place of all that other stuff. It's in addition to, and I do less of it than I used to. I used to put a lot of effort into that kind of thing and it, it didn't pay, it didn't pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, there's some happy medium about it. And, um, you know, by all, for all intents and purposes, the, the thing that we can do that will make the most difference for ourselves and for each other is to learn who we are and how we can show up fully, show up the most enlivened and the most potent, the most amplified version of us so that we're ready when that, you know, when we're called, wherever we're called and learning to listen to the call um, because each of us will be needed and our unique facets of us that are, you know, one, literally the, I said one in 400 quadrillion earlier, and I'm explaining that there's a scientist who actually figured out that the chance of each of us being here and our unique version is one in 400 quadrillion, you know, based on really just sort of human planetary things, not even thinking about other dimensions or whatever, you know, just everything that has happened in your lineage, your ancestry, your, your geography, your culture, your et cetera, one in 400 quadrillion. Mm. And I do have the reference if anybody wants that. <laughs> um, 
So there's nobody like you. There's nobody like me. There's nobody like, you know, any of us. We're all here to, to offer our unique, you know, and, and not just to offer, but to live it, to be it, to enjoy it, to enjoy being me. Love it. <laughs> Very hard to go anywhere from there, isn't it? So <laughs> thank you. Well, I think that's much. what you do too. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's brought us to a nice little stage. So um almost don't need to ask it because there's a whole podcast about it, but <laughs> I'm going to anyway. Um and see if you can just bring a different angle on it or bring it together. So Holly, I'm going to ask you the question that everybody gets asked in the podcast. Um, Holly, what makes your bits tingle? <laughs> um, well, you, I mean, you can imagine that at this point in life, I, I pretty much live from there. Um, but what really lights me up is when uh, two things, one is when I have, a new awareness, an aha moment of a revelation, you know, that just like, it like blows me up. Like, oh my gosh, how did I not know that and understand that and then apply it in both my own life and in other people's lives. And it like, boom. Um, so I'm, I'm continually bringing in new understandings about who and how we are and how to then transform that into a more alive version of us um the second is when i get to see the light come on in someone's eyes i mean there is just nothing else like it when somebody's been living this life and they're you know they're trying they're, they're working hard they're doing the stuff they've done their work and they have so you know they have a deep understanding and then always in a you know like session four to six generally there's like this it's like a people take a deep breath and their eyes light up and it's like, oh my God, I now get it. You know, and, and people, they not only sense it in their bodies, they can almost smell it and taste it. The an awareness of who they are. I mean, I know you know that that place. Um that is why I came. And um that lights, yeah, that tingles me. Beautiful. <laughs> um if people need to find you, track you down, find out more about you, what you're up to, the many things that are going on. <laughs> I mean, you know, six months time could be completely different, but as we stand right now. <laughs> yeah, six months from now, I don't know what I'll be doing. Um, I'm, I do, I'm teasing. Yeah. So Holly, uh, I'm at emergenceinstitute.net. That's emergence, not emergency or emergent <laughs> institute.net. And uh, you can email me, holly at emergenceinstitute.net. Um, I would, you can find me on LinkedIn, Hollywood's PhD. Um, I would encourage you to go to my website and look on the page that says get started and there's some free resources. Um, there is a free audio course that I designed that, you know, if you want to figure out what your golden thread is, it walks you through a series of steps and people told me, oh my God, it changed my life. And why do you give this away? <laughs> like, because I'm here to take us to the next place. So go get it. <laughs> um, you know, and I do coaching and mentoring. And six months from now, I'll have something else. 
and i'll put all those stuff in the show notes so people can grab but if a lot of people just listen and want to make sure to get that info in but um, and, and we didn't go into detail and it, but obviously your book is called the golden thread which talks about that thing that connects us all the way through life and uh, yeah. I'm assuming there's a link to that on your website as well, yes. but I'll stick in the show notes anyway to make sure that's there. Um, thank you, Holly. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. This was thank so fun. <laughs> and, and it's just, I, I love the fact that, and I, and I particularly resonate with this because me as a mathematician and then doing what I'm doing now, you as a scientist, and but also talking about energy and spirits and that sort of thing and bringing a meld together the the different parts of our brain we can think logically and scientifically and experimentally and we can also feel and connect and be at the same time and that's just a beautiful combination <laughs> yeah i agree i mean you know we've you and i and many like us we've become whole people using all the parts of us that were in, we, we were inspired to explore so yeah thank you very much holly and uh, i look forward to finding out what materializes next <laughs> thank you these podcasts are not necessarily here to give you all the answers i want you to think about what's been said what's come up and how you might apply that to your own situation and if you've enjoyed it then please subscribe to the podcast and of course share it on the social media platforms and so more people get a chance to hear what's going on. Thanks very much for listening. My name's Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment, and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. <laughs>